NBA Straya, how are you going? How are you? It's Friday, 2GIF, am I right? Jeez, hate to be a tin right now. Here it is. Oh, there you go. Friday tins with Jim. Love this. I'm your host, James Clements. I'm the editor of a good website called CodeBet. Uh, you can see my ugly mug on Fox Sports Lab NBA as well. CodeBet Daily, the Fox Sports Lab NFL show, all the good stuff. Uh, here in Larry Armour Studios, hanging out, giving you the lowdown on all the ins and outs of the NBA while repping Australia a bit. That's what we do here. It's also a little bit of fun on the old NBA Australia, isn't it? Leave all the serious stuff to the nerds. Only two games today. Let's take a little bit of stock. Uh, see where everyone's at and uh, set up a big, 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 big weekend because it's a huge one. Big NBA Cup Day tomorrow. Uh, we've got the NBA Australia Game Rats. We've got That's Not a Knife. Old Man New Meat, Spot of the Night. Better than Lonzo Ball. We've got some Year Nars. We've got the Unpopular Opinion of the Day. We've got Outback Takeout. Wait, Outback Take House. I've only done that almost a thousand times. How did I screw that up? Well, we're serving up a flame grill take. There is a Shane Hill Shooter Shoot Shooter Shot Light Em Up Award. And previewing and picking every single game through when uh, Monday for you. That'll be fun. Seriously. And then we'll finish up with a uh, cooking with Bainsey. All right, let's get into it. Episode 987 of NBA Australia. Juice. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, you better. I mean, someone better. Better watch out for the attack of, oh, I'm afraid of the, afraid of the NFL if you're the NBA. Because, you know... You know how much this bugs me, right? The NBA go, no, we don't want to put too many games on against the NFL because the NFL is too popular. Yeah. No, that attitude, NBA, you bunch of cowards. Come on, grow a pair. Have a crack. Not everybody who loves football, you know, doesn't love basketball and vice versa, right? It's one of the weird sort of like Adam Silver cowardly lion aspects of the NBA that I hate at the moment where they're like, Oh, we can't possibly compete. And then the NFL just muscles them out of Christmas Day games. All the good stuff. And the NBA just roll over and take it. Oh, jeez. Not great. Anyway. Speaking of rolling over and take... No, we're not going to roll over and take it, are we? Let's start the day with the daily. Whip around. Steve Kurt got stuck into his uh, into his mate Draymond. That was good. He took it too far. Draymond was wrong. He knows that. It's a bad look in the five games it deserved. He did make a really good point, though, Steve. He's like, yeah, he kept hanging on. What's going on, man? Get off him. Draymond, let go. Yeah, yeah, five games, that'll do. I enjoyed that. Steve Kerr, you can just see by the look on his face while that altercation is taking place, he's like, not this fucking guy again. Jeez. God, I thought we were done here. The dude's got grey in his beard, and this is what's happening now. (laughs) Seriously. Grow up, Draymond, you dickhead. Anyway, Mark Jackson, uh, you might remember yesterday's thing where we talked about how, was it yesterday the day before maybe, uh, not calling games on MSG Network, and he came out, he's like, hey, mama, there goes that man. Don't don't trust things you see on the internet, including this. I didn't even take that job. It's like, yes, we all believe you, Mark Jackson. 
noted truth teller and not at all a dipshit. Piss off, idiot. It was a very classic, they didn't fire me, I quit. In fact, I didn't even take the job in the first place. (laughs) Amazing. I mean, what the hell? It's a trap. I guess it was Mark Jackson. The Grizzlies got granted a disabled player exception for uh, Big Stephen Adams Brew for the season-ending loss of the Big Kiwi. $6.3 million, E. That's a lot, Brew. It's not actually his entire salary, E, but that's still pretty good. Uh, They're going to use it by March 11. They probably ought to. (laughs) But still. Good on him. Uh, Paul George is getting fined 35 grand for criticizing the refs the other day. He should be criticizing James Harden for showing up more chicken wing now than man. Uh, But this was great. He said, I thought we played great. It's tough. The adversity playing through the extra three, playing against the extra three, meaning the refs. I thought they were awful. But the defending champs, we've got to play better. So many times I got hit on layups, three-pointers. It was constant. Jump shots, getting hit, smacked on the forearm. It was a poor job. That's fine. I hate how the NBA is like, you can't criticize our refs. It's like, he's just speaking his truth, man. Where's Kyrie? Where's Kyrie in these moments, I ask? I'm a voice for the voiceless. Well, Paul George just said some stuff about refs, and you're awfully fucking quiet there, Kyrie. Old NBA Kanye. Amazing. Uh, but the NBA did also justify the pretty egregious thirty-five grand uh, fine by going, yep, he does it all the time. <laughs> Which I kind of liked. Meanwhile, they're just like, nah, Miles Bridges is cool to come back. So speaking of which, the Hornets came out and said, Miles Bridges is eligible to return to our active roster on Friday after serving his NBA suspension. Bullshit! We are comfortable with Miles returning to play based on our current understanding of the facts of the recent allegations. Sure. Except for the simple part that the fucking suspension was bullshit. 20 games served. He wasn't contracted by an NBA team. How is that served, NBA? You bunch of fucking glad-handing dipshits in this regard. I hate this. And Miles Bridges came out and said, oh, I know a lot of people fun, feel some type of way about me being back and I understand it. Do you? Do you really understand it? Because it sounds like you don't. It'll be a while before I gain their trust back. Ah, it's not our trust. It's everybody around you, you fucking moron. So I'm going to go out there and play. If I get us some more wins, people's perspective will change. Ah, will it? Will it? Just go and read into the Miles Bridges stuff and you'd be like, uh, I don't think winning a couple of basketball games is going to change my perception of this fucking piece of shit. Miles Bridges can go fucking jump. What an absolute hog shit kind of excuse for a bloke. He's fucked. Anyway, blow it out your ass, Miles Bridges. That is my official statement. All right, let's do some game. <laughs> Whatever. Let's do some game raps. Game raps, game raps, game raps, game raps, game raps. I hate that fucking Miles Bridges situation so much. Seriously. I don't know, domestic abuse, the NBA go, Dad, seems fine, we've suspended him, right? It's like, yeah, 20 games served in a bloke where for a bloke who wasn't contracted by an NBA team last year is just... Absolute bullshit, in my opinion. Like, if you're going to have, like, 30-game suspension, serve it this year. At that, at least that way, I feel like he's been punished. 10 games is a fucking slap on the wrist for that dickhead. So, yeah. Anyway. Game wraps today. Brooklyn lost in Miami, 115-122. Weird game. So, this was kind of cool, right? So, you got two games today. It means you can sort of just drill down a little bit, enjoy watching them. They go back-to-back. You've got the big hoopity-da. Uh, ESPN shows and 
Well, TNT, no, it was TNT, but ESPN over here, obviously. But uh, even TNT is like, yeah, nah, we're not going to waste Shaq and Chuck and everybody when there's football on. And this cowardly approach in the NBA just really talk about doing a disservice to your early season product. It's like we're going to do the in season tournament. Look at these crazy courts. It's like also there's football on, so we won't have any basketball. It's like what are you doing? I fucking love basketball. Obviously, I love football too. Don't get me wrong. I'm watching them on both screens. That's how I roll. I'm the host of NFL Australia as well. <laughs> what we do here. Uh, but still, this cowardly approach just fucking shits me up the wall. Because this was a really fun game, and it probably should have had more spotlight shone on it. And this is what annoys me plenty in the NBA. It's like, oh, well, Brooklyn's not even interesting. They are fucking interesting. It's a weird team. It's a wonky team. Without Simo, without Cam Thomas... They took it to Miami. It's a weird matchup as well. And Jimmy Butler went, fucking not on my watch today. It was awesome. He smashed him. So the defensive ability of Brooklyn in this one is the thing that stood out to me the most because it was not very good. <laughs> like Miami, in terms of teams uh, and the way they score and how they score, uh, the amount they score, quite simply sometimes, the Heat, not great. After today, they're a little bit better. They actually have a positive point differential now. Uh, they've bumped their points per game just over 110. And for them to drop 122 on the nets, like, you should hang your heads in shame. They had 95 through three quarters in this one. And mostly it was because Jimmy Butler came out and said, uh, yeah, we're keeping this win streak going, boys. And everyone's like, all right, Jimmy said so, we better. That and Duncan Robinson turning into Jimmy Boy, Jimmy Neutron Boy Basketball Genius again. How's that turnaround? The bloke had 26 today. I like to have a beer with Duncan because I just need some tins. 26 points, 6 of 10 from downtown. He was awesome. Bam, had 20 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. Um, shot 8 of 15. And they had sort of just enough from the bench, right? Jaime Hockers was really good. Hit a really couple of big threes. Caleb Martin, rumors of his demise were greatly exaggerated. Hit a couple of threes as well. And Josh Richardson hit a 3 out 8 points. And... It's kind of like they just did enough to back up Jimmy, who was incredibly at 36-5-3. It felt like he didn't miss all game. He went 12-19. But the big thing, like, in terms of that defense for Brooklyn, they went and let the Heat. Notoriously horrible at three-point shooting all the way through last year, right? All the way through last year. Uh, they went and shot 15-35 from downtown. That is just Ridiculous. Ridiculous, I tell you. It's pretty crazy, right? So, good job, I guess. And the three-pointers attempted per game at the moment as well. Uh, if you're going to look at a team that takes a lot of threes, it's not Miami. <laughs> they make 11.8 a game. Uh, and they are attempting 32.5. That's just ahead of Denver, who are missing uh, your man, Jam Jamal Murray. Ahead of the Bulls, the Thunder who just don't have that many shooters. The Magic, which is a weird lack of three-point shooting because between Fultz, Paolo, not like launching Franz Wagner, not hitting any fucking threes this season, seemingly. Uh, the Wolves not having much shooting. Pistons is wonky. Sixers, again, lack of shooting. Lakers and the Hornets. Like, they're firmly in that bottom, what's that, 10 of attempts. And to let them go and hit 15, it's like, ah, what are you doing, Brooklyn? What are you doing? Especially when you got like these weird long wings coming out the wazoo. Like they're out there starting Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, Dorian Finney Smith. And it feels like if Spencer Dinwiddie just has like a slightly shit game, they just don't win. 
and he was pretty shit today. He had like a couple of assists, but his it's weird how well, it was not that weird, but his lack of scoring in a game like this where he goes two of nine, and Spencer Dinwiddie feels like the specialist of two and nine, two of nine shooting games. Where he just he'll pepper those in every so often. He'll go on a tear. He'll be awesome. He'll be awesome. He'll be awesome. And then it's like, guess what? Two of nine. And you're like, God damn it, Spence. Anyway, Bridges had twenty three seven and five. Very handy all round game for him. Sixteen for Cam Johnson. Three six from three. He had a couple of moments earlier where you're like, if you could just get going a little bit more, this one might be all yours. Brooklyn didn't happen. Dorian Finney Smith with the uh, three made threes as well. Eleven points. He loves kicking the shit out of the heat, but they fall short just because outside of Lonnie Walker Jr. Well, the fourth. That's not really junior, is it? Yeah, 23. He was awesome off the bench. But Dennis Smith Jr., Royce O'Neal, Dinwiddie, they just couldn't hit a shot, and it really sank them. 14 turnovers. They out-rebounded the Heat by eight, and they could never really sort of just get any stops. It was the weirdest part. If you can't stop Duncan Robinson, you deserve to lose. So Brooklyn dropped to six and six. It's a tough loss. Miami have now won seven on the trot. They're eight and four. That's ridiculous. But good on him. And then the second game, as predicted, OKC kicked a shit out of Golden State without Draymond Green because he's a moron. And Steph Curry because he's still got that knee sprain. So uh, the Warriors started Cumbucket, Johnny Kaminga. God, I love Kaminga. He does some weirdly dumb stuff, but he does some fun, good stuff too. Yeah, 21-6 with four turnovers. Two assists and four turnovers for Johnny Cumbucket. 15 points for Chris Paul. It's just one of those ones where you go, hey, he's hit all these threes today. He went four or six from downtown. He's got eight assists. He's got one turnover. But they're getting cooked. Why is that, Jim? Well, it's because Clay Thompson couldn't hit the side of a barn. Thanks for coming, Clay. I've got four rings. I've got four rings. All right, settle down, Clay. Settle down, mate. Just settle down. There's a guy who is not going to get the contract he expects next year. We'll talk about him again in a second. Wiggins was all right. He had 12 and 6. He had five turnovers, though. And he just couldn't hit a three. And it felt like watching this game, it's like if Wiggins hits one of these, uh, no, he's missed it again. They would have a really good shot. So he plays 26 minutes. He takes 13 shots, goes 0 of 4 from downtown. So anytime you can have 12 points on 13 shots, Kobe, you got to do it. And Dario, the homie Saric, he had 12. But look, this is the thing. Podemski is still playing pretty well. He had 13. He was a minus 26, though. He went three or four from deep. Moses Moody, Moody, Moosey. Moses Moody, you just need him like to also step up in these games. And he just couldn't quite do it. Five of 11 shooting for the 12 points. Gary Payton the second tweaked his ankle, so he only played the eight. Uh, Kevin Looney had the 13 and 11 in 19 minutes because he's a weapon. Shot six of nine. Nice. Uh, but as a team, the Warriors end up shooting 40%. 16 turnovers. Yeah, if you shoot 10% worse across the entire floor for uh, against the opposite team and you let the Thunder shoot 60% from three, yeah, you're probably going to lose that game. That's right. The Thunder went fucking 19 of 32 from downtown, mainly because of Isaiah Joe not missing from downtown. But same with the Wheat Picks kid, Josh Giddy. He went 3-3 as well. You love to see that, 3-for-3. Free free. Uh, it was like kind of it really offset SGA having a pretty tough night of it. But Jim, SGA 24 and 7. Yeah, he shot 6 of 21. And it was just like one of those wonky ones where you're like, is that going to cost them? Is it? Uh, 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 no. And Isaiah Joe stepped up and nailed all those threes and they cruised to the win. 128, 109. You're laughing. 13 and 10 for Chet Holmgren. Looked really good at times. Also just has these Bambi moments, right? Where he's like, Bambi on ice. Where he's like, whoop, 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 whoop. What am I doing? Uh, fun times, though. 
he's awesome. Jay Lynn Williams, Jay Len Williams. They had just some moments where it's like, ah, I don't want to play against like this Warriors team. It's weird, but they held it together. Isaiah Joe hitting 7-7 seven seven from downtown was pretty handy. He ended up with 23 points because he got 2-3 or three from the line as well. And Cason Wallace, very handy 10-4 and four off the bench. Weepix kid, 19-6. and six. Good game all around for the Thunder. I expected them to win this against a Warriors team without um, your man's Steph or Dre. And with Clay Thompson being cooked without either of them, here we are. The Warriors have now dropped to 1-5 at home this season. 1-5 at home. You might remember last year they went 33-8. and eight. They're almost there at the loss column already, and it's November 17. That's incredible. They're 6-7 and seven overall. The Thunder moved to 8-4, and four, and I love it. I absolutely love it. All right, let's fly through some awards, and then we'll just have a look at some of the standings and just sort of take stock of where we're at, which is what I mentioned at the top. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. That is a knife. Jimmy Butler, 36-5-3 with three blocks. He did everything. This was a game. It's a classic Jimmy Butler game in the regular season where you just hope you don't get this game. And he goes, nah, nah, I'm feeling it tonight. Check this out. Pow! And you're like, God damn it. There's no way we're going to win this now. 12 of 19 from the floor. Two of five from downtown for a noted not three-point shooter, Jimmy Butler. He carved them up. And that was probably the disappointing aspect for the Nets, like to just let Jimmy Butler sort of do what he wanted with Nick Claxton playing a really good game, he went 16-6 and six as well. I forgot to mention that. Three blocks. He was really, really good. But like Dinwiddie getting carved up, Bridges and Johnson, it just sort of felt like something was lacking. It just did not click at all in that game. So bit of a rough one. Jimmy Butler just ran roughshod over them, and it's the classic butts. That's what he does. He's going to get you. 35 minutes, 36 points, 10 of 11 from the free throw line, 12 of 19 overall from the floor. That's a hell of a Jimmy Butler game. That's a knife. Like, that's the game where, look, I talked about this going into this one. Like, they can match up really well with Jimmy Butler. Unless Jimmy Butler goes, fuck you, I'm Michael Jordan reincarnate, which is what he does every so often. It's a tough one. I'll tell you. Uh, honorable mention to Isaiah Joe for 25 minutes, 23 points, 7 to 7 from the floor, all of which were threes. Absolutely awesome. Who was Spud of the night, though? Spud, 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 It's Clay Thompson. One of ten for Clay. Clay's cooked, just saying. One of six from downtown. And that's kind of the big problem, right? Like, his cutting, the drives to the hoop, the easy Clay layups that used to, you know, if the shot wasn't dropping, he could always sort of manufacture something. One of like, you know, a little baseline jumper, uh, just a nice little cut, dribble, pick up, launch off his left leg, weird reverse hand, layup, whatever. Just those nice little cuts. It's not happening. It's not happening at all this year. It's weird and it's funky, and he was easily the spot of the night. Uh, honorable mention for this one to Spencer Dinwiddie. The 33 minutes, as I said, the two of nine shooting. He is like just the same as Jimmy Butler is always good for like an absolute fuck you moment. Spencer Dinwiddie will do the exact same in the opposite way. Two of nine shooting. Blah, two of seven from downtown. Just, that's the thing that kills you with Dinwiddie. It's like you need the consistency. He's the perfect point guard for your team if you want them to go 46 and what? 46 and that would be 38. Good good math there, Jim. Thank you. <laughs> so, it's a bit rough. No, wait. 46 and 36 equals 82. 
That was bad maths. Good job. Uh, the least efficient players in the NBA at the moment. This is the spud leaderboard at the moment. Julius Randle with a 46.4 true shooting percentage. Cade Cunningham, 49.2. Jordan Poole, 50.2. Franz Wagner, hello, 50.6. Malcolm Brogdon, 51.4. Jordan Jeremy Clarkson, 51.9. Calvin Johnson, 52. Victor Wembenyama. Bit of a surprise. Should be dunking everything, you giant Frenchman. 52.1. Fred Van Vliet with 52.2. And Trey Young, 52.7. So they're the ones averaging over 15 points a game with the worst true shooting percentage. AKA the Spud List. All right, who's Old Mate No Mates? Old Mate No Mates. 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 Who's No Mates today? Well, Dylan Brooks, uh, what I didn't like about Memphis was that they allowed it so that they could get out of the woodwork, let all that get out of the woodwork, and then I'm the scapegoat of it all. That's what I didn't appreciate. I don't know. Maybe you're a dickhead and everyone hates you, Dylan Brooks. I don't know. Yeah, it made me the scapegoat. Yeah, because you're the one causing all the shit. That's not a scapegoat. That's deserving. <laughs> Seriously, what are we doing here? Oh, I can't believe me. you made me the scapegoat. You did it all. That's not scapegoating. That's just putting the blame where it should be, you dickhead. Uh, and then, of course, the old mate, no mates, he's your fucking mate. This is Steve Kerr with Draymond throwing. Look, we've seen uh, Ben Simmons have a fucking sook about, oh, Joel Embiid was mean to me. Doc Rivers didn't say nice things when I really shit down my leg. Meanwhile, Steve Kerr's like, yeah, Draymond's an idiot. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> that was so good. Of course he deserved to get suspended five games. Did you see what he did? Steve Kerr, what a legend. Pantsing the night, that's the same thing, basically. I really enjoyed that, where it's just like Steve Kerr just going, Draymond, just what are you going to do? Jump on your podcast, you dickhead? Fuck off. All right, better than Lonzo Ball. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you'll get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Isaiah Joe, uh, former Philadelphia 76er. Awesome game today. Gave uh, Ben Gordon's record a shake. Of the straight threes made without a miss. He went 7-7. I believe the record's 9-9. of Very cool. 23 points today. Way better than Lonzo Ball, who has never hit seven threes without missing before. Uh, Honorable mention for this one, Lonnie Walker the fourth. I believe in Lonnie Walker. God, he's fun to watch sometimes. He's like good for one of those random games once about every... He's been really consistent lately because they don't have Cam Thomas. So he's like, hey, look, I'm like bigger... Cam Thomas, a little bit, look, he can really light it up. I'll give you two-thirds of that lighting it up. And you're like, thanks for coming, man. He's like, not a problem. But I do love me some Lonnie Walker. He was really good today. Uh, As I mentioned, what was it, 23 points, 2 of 7 from deep, 9 of 18 overall. Just had a couple of nice drives. Very good. What about a magic tweet of the day? Do we actually have one there, Jim? Let's find out. I'm going to go on the internets and find out. Oh, this is a tough one, isn't it? Irvin Magic Johnson hasn't tweeted. Apart from that weird one where he's just like doing other stuff. So uh, how about the Shaq tweet of the day? I enjoyed this one the other day. The older you get, the more you realize how precious life is. You have no desire for drama, conflict, or stress. You just want good friends, a cozy home, food on the table, and people who make you happy. I mean, spot the lie. Thanks, Shaq. Thanks. What do we say? Thanks, Shaq. And of course, the easy one this week, Dickhead of the Week. 
Dickhead of the Week. Uh, A.K.A. the Draymond Green Memorial Dickhead of the Week Award. Because as it was put to me earlier in the week, like this is Draymond's award week on week until someone takes it from him. Like trying to choke out a seven foot two Frenchman and be like, he started it. It's like you literally tried to rip his head off his giant shoulders. What are you doing? You're old enough to know better, Draymond. Get a hold of yourself. You're a dickhead. You're the dickhead of the week. All right, really quickly, let's take stock of some stuff as well before we get into the uh, yeah. Oh, actually, we'll do it in yeah nars because uh, it's easier just to go a bit of a yeah nah right at the top. And we'll do that right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Elliot. This is Mark Worthington or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. Let's do some ENRs brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. Go get your merch, get your merch. People! Get your merch, get your merch. Wear it! Get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Yeah, do it. Get your merch. Uh, NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Go through the socials as well. There's pretty pictures there. Just click through. It'll take you through to the Shopify. Uh, mugs and stubby holders are on their way. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, the dog is going well. Many would say too well. <laughs> I swear, it's like, I do wonder, it's like, he's been pretty quiet, you know, the last month or so, he's pretty chill, and like, ever since he's gotten onto his dog shillin, caninshillin, there you go, uh, for his diabetes, the little bloke is just going fucking apeshit, it's hilarious, he's like, oh, I'm back to my old self, and I'm like, ah, yeah, good, (laughs) just barking at fucking everything that walks past the fence, I'm like, buddy. Remember how we trained you out of that? He's like, nah, not anymore. I'm like, all right. Anyway, so thanks for all the kind messages. Reed Doggo, he's all right. He's doing good. Also had to deal with a very, very, very sick four-year-old, as I mentioned uh, on yesterday's show, I think. Uh, All the other uh, parents out there will get this. It's like wildly terrifying and just shit when the kids are just like, I'm sick and spewing everywhere. And you're like, Oh, yeah, this happens. And you just hope it's rare enough that you'd sort of go, oh, yeah, this happens, and it sucks each time. So He's all right there now. He's had a couple of quiet days. Squid number one. Squid dose. Oh, God. Had some dramas with him this week as well. That poor little guy couldn't take a shit. He was like, this sucks. And I'm like, yeah, me. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Looks like it. But he got through it too. So it's been a hell of a week. These tins are well-deserved today. I'm going to go see the Bronx tonight. That's going to be fucking rad. North Cathedral cannot wait. All-time favorite bands. All right, let's do some taking stock, shall we? All right. Jim, are Boston and Denver the best two teams in the NBA as the sh- as the standings show? Yeah, nah. Yeah, they are. I mean, in terms of, like, your actual sort of advanced stats and gear, uh, like, the offensive rating and stuff, like, it feels like, Boston's defensive rating is fucking amazing. It's like second best, and their offense is top three as well. If you're top three for offensive and defensive rating, you are a lee fucking contender, you know? Like, the fact that Denver's offensive rating is a little bit, I don't know, what is it, like fifth, I think. Um, 
and they're sixth, I think, for defense. Like, it doesn't matter. The, the fact they're doing this without their starting point card is chaos. Uh, are the Wolves the biggest surprise so far? Yeah, nah, yeah, because their defense is the best in the league, and they're still manufacturing enough on offense. Uh, they're sort of still mid-table for that, but that's all sort of driven by Ant-Man and Cat taking that little bit of a seat back, but fitting in a little bit more and going, okay, man, it's not my team anymore, but Ant-Man, I'm still really good. It's like, yeah, he is. They just need to get that sort of uh, the real proper sort of two-man game. I feel like they can work through that through the rest of the season and we'll be laughing at Are India legit playoff team, Jim? Yeah, nah. Yeah, they're seven and four. They are scoring at a rate that's probably unsustainable, 126.5 points per game. That's really fucking good. The offensive rating is 122, as you'd expect. The defensive rating for them is the third worst in the NBA too, though, however. So you do expect that to probably drop off a little bit as teams go, yeah, let's not let the paces completely fucking cook us. But at the same time, Halliburton is absolutely unreal. So swings and roundabouts, I think they'll come back to earth a little bit, but I think they're still probably, you know, maybe not a play-off team as we maybe probably see Cleveland drop... Who was that? Did you just say Cleveland? Cleveland! Uh, Jump back into the top six. They're five and six at the moment. Because the East is a bit wobbly. You've got the Celtics at nine and two, the Sixers eight and three, the Heat eight and four after today's win. Pacers and Bucks both seven and four. The Bucks' defense is like, obviously, not very good. But it is back up to 24th. So, it's at least not like 29th. That's okay. The Knickerbockers are six and five. So are the Hawks. So are the Magic. That feels about right for those teams. The Nets are six and six. Cleveland, you feel like they can probably take a bit of a jump back. Up. Cleveland. Uh, now that they've got all their dudes back, Garland. If he plays some more, it'd be just good for them to stay healthy. Mobley looked really good yesterday. The Raptors are five and six. They sort of seem to be a question mark wrapped in an enigma, wrapped in some poutine. Get it? Because they're from Canada. Uh, the Bulls are a basket case. The Hornets three and seven. Wizards. Pistons, none of those are going to give it a shake. So it does feel like the line of demarcation is 11, and that's the Raptors. So I feel like there's one team that's probably going to miss out. My guess might actually be Brooklyn. Just as we sort of talked about today, like that lack of star power at the top, and Mikael Bridges not taking that one little bit of a big, you know, one little step up is what I want to see from him. He's been very, very similar to last year. And it's there. It's there for the taking. It'd be good to see him take that step. So the East is a bit wonky. But I kind of feel like Indy are a top 10 team. The question is like whether or not they can sustain it, right? Because there are still some holes in that roster, uh, especially defensively. It'll be interesting to see if they can keep up the offensive pace. In the West, I mean, are Dallas for real is a question I keep asking here because it's funny. Nine and three. They're awesome. It's hilarious. One and 23.4 points a game. That's just patently fucking absurd. And it's awesome. Second best offensive rating in the league. Defensively, yeah, not that great. They're 25th, but still, if you're going to score 124 points a game, you're going to take some beating. And that's kind of it, right? I think the big thing for me, the big question after the sort of three and a half weeks in, are Houston for real? Yeah, nah. I'm going to say nah. I think they're the ones that we can probably see a little bit of a comeback to earth. They're 6-3. and three. They've won six on the trot. This is the email Udoka, I'm going to kick your ass if you fuck up approach. I love it. But at the same time, 
they've got a couple of interesting games this weekend, which we'll talk about in the previews, and we might see just like a little bit of a hiccup here and there, and they might just fall back into the pack a hint. I think the Kings will keep on rolling. The Lakers are the Lakers. Amazingly, they have the minus 3.1 point differential. Uh, this, the Warriors are also the one to worry about. Like, without Steph for a couple of games, without Draymond, the big concern, though, is, like, they need somebody else to step up next to Steph. And if Clay can't do it, who is it? Is it Moody? Is it Kaminga? It's definitely not Wiggins. <laughs> like, Chris Paul's older and shit. This is the tough part when you trade old for young and you get a steadying presence, but if the rest of your team can't hit fucking shots, Podemski's been a godsend, but it might not be enough. The Suns are pretty handy. If they can get Beal and Booker and KD on the court at once, that'd be interesting. It is weird for me, though. The Suns do feel just like Brooklyn Nets West, you know? KD, Harden, and Kyrie just barely ever got on the court ever, as we all know. It's happening again. Uh, Pelicans are a weird one. But it's tough to judge them without CJ because they look very good with him on the court with Spindles, with Zion. And then as soon as he disappeared, they just fucking tailspun. Clippers are hilarious and we'll continue to talk about them. They're 3-7 and seven heading into this weekend. I expect them to get a win with James Harden at some point. But they have lost six on the trot. It's absolutely hilarious. Uh, the San Antonio Bandera Spurs, the Blazers, the Grizzlies. Yeah, rough as guts. Grizzlies are 2-9. and nine. 25 games without Jar. What could that record be? Because they're on pace basically for 5 and 20. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeesh. That'd be a pretty big hole to climb out of. But anyway, that's where we're at the moment. Denver, Boston, clear favorites. And then you've got the sort of next strata down after that. You've got Philly, Dallas, Minnesota, Miami. And then a whole bunch of sort of question marks of that Indy, Milwaukee, Knicks, Hawks, Magic. OKC, Houston, Sacramento, Lakers, etc. That's an interesting tier, that one. And I expect as we sort of go through this next round of the uh, NBA Cup, we'll sort of see that sort of shake out a little bit more. It's going to be fun to talk about that on Monday. Uh, quick couple, a couple of yeah-nahs. Dave Brown, hey, Jim Bob, do you reckon Bismack Biombo is entitled to share YouTube royalties with a Tyler Cocktail for getting folded uh, in the clear dunk of the year contender? John Collins absolutely deleted Biombo on a dunk attempt the other day, so... Yeah, nah, yeah, he should get the YouTube. It's like, I'm in that video as well. I <laughs> love that. Good one, Dave. And uh, the last little bit, the updated rookie ranking ladder. Number five, Derek Lively. Number four, Jordan Hawkins. Three, Osar Thompson. Two, Chet Holmgren. Number one, Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, nah, nah, I'd have Chet. Number one. Wemby is very hit and miss so far. Chet has been super solid. Nice. All right, unpopular opinion of the day. <coughs> Wrong one. Press the button, Jim. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I love the in-season tournament. I love it. 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 The courts are chaos. I don't even care if they're all fucky and weird. You know it's not fun? Bitching and moaning and complaining about weird, fun, new shit. I think it's kind of fun and weird and new. And I love it. And I think it's only going to get better. Because this will roll around next year. be like, oh, yeah, the in-season tournament. That shit was awesome. How weird are these courts again? Maybe don't go blood red, but I still reckon we should let the away team choose the ball. You got five choices. You got the fucking like Mountain Dew green one. You got the ABA ball. You've got like a pure white one or something. Uh, 
I don't know, you got one in the colours of your team. <laughs> That'd be cool. And gnarly. And you got like a normal one. I love it. I ab- Maybe even a FIBA ball. I think they should just go a little bit wonky. It's the same fucking thing. It's a basketball. It doesn't have to be the same one every time, right? So let's go. I love the in-season tournament. I'm loving every second of it. It's going to be really fun to watch it. Hungover shit tomorrow morning. All right, out back to cows. It's Friday at our back. You know what that means? Oh, yeah. Two for one oil drum. No, four for one oil drum cans full of icy cold Foster's Lager. That's right. It might be Australian for beer, but really, we all know it's actually horse piss. Only at our back. And today's flame grilled take is Fuck Jay Williams saying KD is right there in the MVP conversation. Uh, good luck. Oh, he's been scoring the shit out of it. Has he? Hey, Jay, do you actually watch basketball? Clearly not. Absolute mouth-breathing moron gear. He's like, KD and Tatum are the best two MVP candidates right now. Bullshit, you idiot. There is a bloke named Nikola Jokic out there just saying he's got his team on the top of the West and he's doing it without his fucking all-star point guard, you idiot. Uh, but at the same time, the Outback Takeouts today is if SGA were in a bigger market, he'd already be fucking leaps and bounds ahead as the MVP favourite. Only... At Outback. To be honest, you're going to start seeing it pop off. If SGA keeps this up and OKC stick in the top four in the West, they're eight and four at the moment. They've got a nice little lead there above Houston and Sacramento. And SGA is averaging just a, you know, pretty lazy 29.3 points today. He had a bit of a quiet one, so that would probably could easily jump back over 30, given a good game. Uh, just saying, SGA, bigger market. He, You look at the rest of that team, you go, yep, lots of good, young, fun talent. But what stirs that drink more than anybody? It's SGA, time after time. SGA for MVP. And, of course, you're now going to start seeing the Anthony Edwards for MVP gear as well, but just ignore it. It's Jokic for the moment. All right, let's do it. Let's do the Australian Player Watch right after this one. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, really quick Australian player watch today because we only had the mopped-up mumba, the Weet-Bix kid, in action today. But he was really good. 17 points, 6 rebounds, and 1 assist with 2 steals for Josh Giddy. 7-12 shooting, 3-3 three three from 3. Free for free for free. Uh, very, very good. And just a quick whip around whoosh, for the rest of the Aussies. Obviously, Simo out with a back uh, injury. Maya Jama. Tell you what, she broke his back and his heart. Paddy Thrills hasn't gotten off the bench all season. Rock him, sock him, block him, jock him, land. I was doing pretty good there in Houston. Shingoon's playing too well. <laughs> it's frustrating. Uh, Jingles, he's had a season high this week. Uh, outside of that, he's hitting one shot a game. But he is a nice little connective bit of tissue there for that Magic team. Greeny had a rough game last time out starting, but he's been very, very good for the uh, Mavs. So is Sexum. It does feel like they might be uh, showing off Sexum as a bit of a trade piece, but at the same time, he's been pretty good. Dyson Daniels. Still learning on the job, and that's fine because he's still very young and, like, you know, second year. So, Aussie Matty T and the Grim Reetha, the great barrier Reeth himself. Mm, do up. 
The Great Barrier Reef. Love it. Great Barrier Reef. Just saying, per 36 minutes, he is averaging 22, 5, and 5. Doop. Bop, bop, doop. Love it. Absolutely love the Great Barrier Reef. And I'd like to thank the Portland Trailblazers for stealing my nickname. Shane Hill, shoot, shoot, shoot. That was weird. It's getting weird. Give us a shout out, Blazers. Come on. Do right by us. Come on, bruv. All right. Time for a Shane Hill, shoot, shoot, shoot. I shot Light Him Up Award. Praise the Lord for I'm healed. It is the Shane Heal. Shoot a shoot. Shoot your shot. Light him up award. I will tell you what. Isaiah Joe is obviously the shoot a shoot, shoot your shot, light him up award today because he went 7-7 seven to seven from downtown. Ah, uh, bruh, that is pretty good. <laughs> like 7-7 seven to seven from downtown, not missing, as I mentioned. The Ben Gordon game. 9-9 uh, nine nine is... Pretty ridiculous as well. So, love that. But Isaiah Joe, he is the sort of dude who will pop up every so often. And everybody will be like, what the fuck is going on here? So, yeah, very cool. Very nice. Uh, I love Ben Gordon as well, BT Dub. Just his, his swagger was amazing. Like, if he was like, I don't know, three inches taller, MJ. MJ. He and Charlie Villanueva going to the Detroit Pistons <laughs> is still one of the funniest moments in NBA history where Joe Dumas is like, fuck it. I'm aiming for mediocre. <laughs> so good. All right, Patty Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter. Check in as long as I can find the music. Let's do it. All right. Patty did have a. Uh, Actual update, I did see. Let's go. Buddy, 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 buddy. It was nice. To, there we go. Pacific. Oh, he's just doing a uh, he's doing a shout-out for the Missos uh, label. Straight. Pacific. That looks pretty good. I'd buy that. Uh, it was very good of uh, our man Chris Hesty to cut up yesterday's uh, shout-out on the Patty Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in, which was just turned into a schmozzle of going, fuck it. Chris says he's doing up a pub and just giving a big shout out. So that was fun. Appreciate it, Chris. Uh, right. Good stuff, Paddy. God. He is going through it, I reckon, at the moment. We've talked about landing spots for Paddy before. I still reckon him back on San Antonio would be fantastic. You know? He'd also be really, really handy on somewhere like Miami. He'd fit in really well with the culture. They talk about culture. Go get Paddy Mills. Just saying. All right, let's do some game previews and picks for a big, 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 big weekend. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, Burton Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's it all going? Not bad. We went one of two on the picks today. Missed the Brooklyn one, hit the OKC one. Uh, tomorrow, we have awesome NBA Cup gear. We've got Milwaukee at Charlotte. This is a weird one. The Bucks are the worst team in the NBA covering the line. So I'm actually going to go Charlotte plus seven and a half at home. Uh, they've had a little bit of a fire lit under them. Do worry about the Bridges being back aspect of this, but he does give them at least another weapon to throw at the Bucks. The Bucks will probably have Dame and Giannis for this, but 
At home, I expect Charlotte just to have put up a little bit of a fight, so I'll take the Hornets plus seven and a half. PJ, PJ Hamilton Washington has been playing his ass off. Uh, no Terry Rose, so it means a lot of LaMelo, but that's probably okay against Milwaukee because this is the thing. You can carve him up on defense if your point guard's pretty fucking good, and Charlotte have got LaMelo, so kind of here for it. So give me Charlotte plus seven and a half. The Knicks go to Washington. Mr. Randall goes to Washington. Uh, Julius Randall feels like the most Washington wizard who's never been a wizard, doesn't he? Uh, the Knicks, minus six and a half. I'm going to take them in the Wizards' house because the Wizards are horrible. And the Knicks have been showing a little bit of late. Um, if they get RJ Barrett back as well, that should really solidify that. But Brunson, Randall, the defense, they should be way too good for this horrible Wizards team. San Antonio hosts Sacramento, and the Kings are six and a half point favorites on the road in San Antonio. I'm taking the Kings minus six and a half. They got Darren Fox back. He looked like he had not missed a fucking beat. So between he and Sabonis up against Wembenyama and co, I really like the Kings to uh, put the pedal to the metal. Because like, if you give the Kings like an inch, they'll take a mile. And the San Antonio Spurs defense, what is that? Um, it's shit. <laughs> That's the answer. I can actually tell you just how shit it is. It is the second worst in the NBA at 119.4 with a defensive rating. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's not good, man. It's it's just not uh, good, eh? So, yeah, not, not great there, bruv. So I think the Kings will run right over the top of Spurs. Boston-Toronto is an interesting matchup. Um, most specifically because the line is 6.5 points. And I don't mind Toronto in this. Getting 6.5 points at home. If they've got a full complement, I'm good for Toronto. If they have OG, if they have Gary, I'm all right with the 6.5, and, and I'll take Toronto at home, plus 6.5. I think they lose, but they can push Boston and probably lose by 4 or 5. See how we go. Interesting matchup, though. See exactly where both teams are at. Philly at Atlanta. Philly are half-point underdogs. I don't know why. Uh, it seems weird. It means I'm going to check the Philadelphia injury list right now, in fact, and see what's going on. Because if that definitely feels like a maxi or a... No, they all look like they're playing. That's pretty weird. Maxine and Beach smash Atlanta. I just can't see anybody in that Atlanta team slowing down and bead that much. Even with Clint Capella and Anyaka Okongwu... It's just, it's still pretty thin on the ground. So give me Philly, the way they're playing at the moment. Detroit plus eight and a half in Cleveland. Cleveland uh, with Darius Rucker, Judy Garland looking a little bit, I think he's a game time decision. If he doesn't go, I actually don't mind Detroit plus eight and a half. They've got enough sort of big bodies to throw at that Cleveland front line of go the throw, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. And Detroit play with a little bit of chutzpah. Sometimes Cade Cunningham up against either... Uh, Garland and Mitchell, or just Mitchell, I kind of don't mind it. So give me the plus eight and a half. I think they'll push them. They probably won't win because uh, Detroit aren't winning too many games. I'm just saying. But they only lost by six to Atlanta. They only lost by 11 to the Bulls. Uh, Lost by eight to the uh, Sixers as well. So yeah, eight and a half. I'll take that from Detroit in Cleveland. Denver, go to New Orleans. Minus four and a half point favorites. I'm going to take Denver on the road in New Orleans, minus four and a half. With no point guard in the form of CJ McCollum, the Pelicans sort of steadied the ship. 
but they're still pretty vulnerable. So I'll take Denver minus four and a half. Orlando, go to Chicago. It's a uh, repeat of yesterday's awesome chaos. Palo Bancaro game winner, where apparently he traveled, but at the same time, uh, Caruso had fouled Franz Wagner on a shot just before that. So swings and roundabouts. I'm going to go Chicago at home, minus one and a half, just to uh, get the revenge win. Revenge! Phoenix minus four and a half in Utah. Utah defensively, you're a bit of a train wreck at the moment. Phoenix with KD. Uh, Booker, I believe, again, was a game-time decision for Utah. Let's just check that because uh, it did cross the timeline. Let's find out. He had 31-5 and five when he came back yesterday, so you'd hope that he'd uh, be good. Let's have a look. Anything, anything, nothing. Okay, good stuff. <laughs> All right, game time decision. I reckon he goes. Uh, I reckon he'll be fine. And I reckon Phoenix can handle that. Four and a half point line in Utah. Lakers minus seven and a half in Portland. If they have their full complement, they should cover that line. Uh, if it was any higher, I'd probably take Portland just because they play pretty tough. And the Grim Reaper. He's going to go pretty hammer and tongs at the Lakers. You know that. Outplay DeAndre Dominating again. Outplay Anthony Davis. That's what the Great Barrier Reef does. Uh, but for the moment, I'll take the Lakers. Minus seven and a half. The Clippers! I think they finally... It's a, the good thing is, this is a hardened ball. It's the Clippers at home. Minus seven and a half against Houston. That's a big line. Houston are playing really well. But I do think this is the one game where it clicks for the Clippers. And I think they win this one and get off the schneid. I just tend to think... Harden against his old team. Rusty against one of his old teams. Uh, Kawhi and Paul George. They'll come up with a fire on this one at home. They should win that one and win it handily. So I'll take the seven and a half for the Clippers. Sunday, the Knickerbockers go to Charlotte. Both teams on a back-to-back having just played the day before. I don't mind Charlotte in that one, actually. It's a sneak a bit of a win. I think the Bucks beat Charlotte on Saturday, but I think Charlotte turned around and maybe sneak one past the Knicks on Sunday. The Knicks defense, it just might be a bit of a tough one where they just can't quite contain LaMelo. Uh, Minnesota at New Orleans. I'm going to take the Wolves uh, with the Pelicans on a back-to-back. Even at home, I'm going to take the Wolves and Anthony Edwards and Coda win that one. Miami at Chicago. I'm going to take the Heat with the Bulls on a back-to-back as well. Um, Miami showed today that, yeah, they're just going to put some teams in the blender, and that's going to be the Bulls. Dallas at Milwaukee. Milwaukee on a back-to-back, having played in Charlotte the day before. I think Dallas can run roughshod over them. So I'm going to take the Dallas Mavericks in Milwaukee. It will be Algonquin for the good land, but not on Sunday. Memphis go to San Antonio. This should be a win for Memphis. It should be. I think they can do that. Uh Marcus, Matt, and Co. should be too good. OKC at Golden State. I'm going to take the Thunder to win again in San Francisco and really put the scare into the Warriors. Monday, we start at 7 a.m. with Philly at Brooklyn. I'll take the Sixers in that one. Uh, the sheer size of Embiid. I mean, this pretty weird Ben Simmons bowl without Ben Simmons playing again. I like Philly. Uh, Detroit at Toronto. Toronto should smash them in the... Well, because Dwayne Casey's not coaching the Detroit Pistons anymore. So Detroit don't have a hope. So just keep an eye on the line. Just saying. It might be the Dwayne Casey legacy. Indy hosting Orlando. The Pacers, I think, should have a little bit too much on offense. I talk about that offense a lot. Uh, I think they can probably blow the doors off this Orlando team who can score when pushed, but not at the rate Indy can. Cleveland hosts Denver. This game is awesome. I actually don't mind Cleveland to get the win against the Nuggets. 
the Cavs at home with Allen, with Mobley. The only problem might be just like the sheer size of Denver on the wings. With M- Oh, yeah, I might switch that. Denver might be too good. No, nah, I'll stick with Cleveland. Piss it off. Let's go. Uh, Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr., the size on the wings there should probably bother Cleveland, but if Mitchell and Co. can get going, Cleveland should win that. Sacramento go to Dallas. Dallas on a back-to-back. I actually like the Kings in Sacramento. Ah, yeah, in Dallas against the Mavs. That is two fun offenses going at it. Boston in Memphis. Uh, the Celtics should win that in the let's all pay tribute to Marcus Smart game. But the Grizzlies will have played the night before in San Antonio, so I expect Celtics to win that one. Phoenix at Utah again. Uh, like this, it's a little hockey, uh, little baseball series because they play on Saturday and then again on Monday. Phoenix should win both of those, I reckon. OKC at Portland. OKC on a back-to-back. Would not surprise me if Portland pushed them and covered the line, but I think OKC still win. And then Houston at the Lakers. Having played the Clippers the day before, what have the Houston Rockets been up to in L.A.? Too much. Give me the Lakers in the late game on Monday afternoon. And there you go. That's the entire weekend picked and previewed for you. That is what we do here on NBA Australia. We do it daily. So we'll be back on Monday. In the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facebook, IG, all the good stuff. We'll have the socials. We'll have more videos popping off. I'm going to really ramp that up throughout the season as well. Check out NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. Good one this week. On uh, Wednesday night, it went up. A bit of a late one. We usually do those Tuesdays, but a lot of stuff going on. Uh, get her at nbaaustralia.com slash shop and get your merch. Check us a rating and review on your podcast app, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever you use, even on your Android phone, your weird Android phones. Rate, review, and star it. It does help out. Come on, I don't ask for much, do I? I really don't. Big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out the new band House Hats, as well as Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all at Bandcamp, Triple Day on Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever. Remember, NBA Australia sports Australian bands, so should you. All right, we'll close out the week with a cooking with Bainesy, and we will catch you on Monday, dickheads. Have a great weekend. I love your guts. Is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And how good's the NBA Cup? Later, hosen. Cooking with Bainesy is filmed in front of a live studio audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bainesy with your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. <laughs> g'day, g'day, g'day. Yes, how are you all? Oh, look at you over there. <laughs> I see you over there again, Cheryl. Yes, we know that you love it. Oh, this is great. Yeah, g'day. Welcome to Cooking with Bainesy. I am your host, Aaron Bangers Bainesy. All right, so this here episode, we're going to whip up one of my absolute favourite Australian staples. You can have it whenever as well, at night, for dinner, after a big night on the Terps. It's that absolute Aussie classic. It is Hawaiian pizza. Oh, yes, that's right. I love me some Hawaiian pizza, and it's easy as to make, mate. I mean, it definitely helps keeping up this physique, if you know what I mean. I reckon I probably cook about three of these bloody things a week, you know what I'm saying? 
And also, hey, just just for you out there as well, don't bloody listen to anyone who says shit about pineapple on pizza. They can go and do what I tell every centre in the Eastern Conference of the NBA. They can go fuck themselves, all right? You can put whatever the fuck you want on pizza. It's pizza. All right, so anyway, Hawaiian pizza is bloody simple, mate. All you got to do is go down to your soupy and grab yourself a pizza base. I love the spongy, thick ones, you know. Grab a thing of tomato paste. Now, don't bother with the fancy pants shit with basil or oregano in it unless you want to be like all fancy pants and shit because uh, then you just grab a bunch of shredded ham from the deli, grab a bag of shredded cheese. Now, you can have mozzarella, cheddar, home brand, whatever you want. doesn't matter. It's just bloody cheese. And the key ingredient, a tin of pineapple chunks. Now, it's pretty easy to whip this bad boy up, so let's get to it. All right, here we go. Now... Just whip your base out. There you go. All right, now smother it with the tomato paste. Well, snip. There you go. Smooth it out a bit. Just make sure it's all over the inside thing. Now, dump your ham on there. Yep, all this shredded ham. Now, oh, get your fingers amongst that. Shove that to the edges. There you go. Spread that out nice and even. Yep, there you go. All right, now cover this liberally with the dead pig. Come on, man. You've got to put the ham everywhere. You just need hoops and hoops and hoops of ham. Just make sure it's the nice shredded stuff, though. All right, now drain your pineapple into the sink. Or you can, you know, you can drain it into a cup and uh, drink that pineapple juice, you know. What bloke doesn't like a cup of pineapple juice, you know what I'm saying, ladies? Yeah, there we go. Now, fang the chunks of pineapple on there. Just put it everywhere, you know, just throw it around. And then cover up the entire bloody thing with your shredded cheese. All right. Now, we've got this oven over here. Just wang her in there in the oven. There you go, just for a good 15, 20 minutes at about 220 degrees Celsius. None of that Fahrenheit bullshit. Now, sit back, grab a tin, and let her cook. Oh, doesn't that bloody well smell delicious? All right, now here's one we made a little bit earlier. So you can see once it's browned and a bit on the edges and all your cheese is all melty and nice, you whip her out, you chop her up into slices, and Bob is your bloody pizza-loving uncle. Now, give it a sec to cool down before you chow down. Don't burn your bloody tongue because that cheese will be hot as buggery, eh? So, all right, now it's there. Just get your bloody munch on. And that is an absolute bloody ripper of a meal. The best bit is, and this will impress everyone, right? You can cook it whenever you want. Mates, the missus, kids, everyone bloody loves Hawaiian pizza. And if they don't, just give them the old bangers, don't argue, and go tell them to cook their own bloody pizza because this is just bloody delicious, mate. All right, how easy was that? Cool. There you go. That is absolutely unreal. Love me some Hawaiian pizza. All right, so that's it for this week. Tune in next week for a new recipe, and we'll see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Bainsey.